Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the New Media Show. My name is Todd Cochran, and I'm welcoming my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee. Good morning, Rob. Doing fantastic, Todd. It's uh, it it is a Saturday morning, and we're we're back with our webcams and our microphones. Yes. Yeah. That's about it this morning. And I and I asked you an hour ago, I said, are you ready to go? And you said, no. And I'm like, why? And I looked at the time and it was an hour early. I I woke up at my normal non-daylight savings time time. So I actually woke up an hour earlier than I needed to. So uh, <laughs> we've been prepped and primed and ready for an hour to get ready to do the show. Or at least I have. So... <laughs> No, I'm not even that that, that long, honestly. Uh, well, anyway, we're we're here, and uh, and we're and we're up and alive. And I tell you, I was uh, um, I was thinking this morning, and that's dangerous. <laughs> that uh, after you know, I'm perusing and in, in you know prowling around Facebook pages, and I had I saw someone say something about uh, blueberry doesn't offer a complete solution. <laughs> I was gonna like, you know, that's kind of a that's kind of a weird statement to to make because every podcast host has a little different mix of things. There's no one solution that is. There's a lot of stuff that's kind of duplicated across. You know, there's four or five vendors that have you know almost the same exact offerings, and then like you guys, you guys do live over there, Rob, and a lot, not a lot of people do live and. So there's these, you know, there's intermixings of offerings. So, you know, my reply back to uh, an individual was, in our opinion, we have a complete solution because we provide a website, provide hosting, provide stats, social tools, advertising. Yeah, yeah, I think we've got a complete solution. And But that person's definition of a complete solution may not need to have a website or may not need stats. And so it is kind of interesting that there's this... Uh, uh, dichotomy of definitions of what a complete solution is. And I, I don't think that actually exists in the space, does it? Yeah, I don't know that uh, a complete solution exists anywhere. I mean, I think there's just too many possible scenarios to yeah. possibly say that you can be a 100% complete solution. I think there are some basic features that um, but various platforms have, probably a more complete solution. If you think about it, I mean, I you know, Spreaker is an example of it. Um, to some degree, that has the the listening side plus the production side, um, the live streaming side. I don't know if if it's really accurate to say that um, supporting live streaming is a is in a complete podcasting solution. You know, right. what I mean, it's it's kind of something different. So it's true. Um, it's just a differentiation. It's like each of the platforms. Whether it be you, um, you know, with your platform, with with WordPress, is uh, is a differentiation. I mean, it's it's different, and ours is a little different with yep. Spreaker, and and we all kind of complement each other. It's amazing to me how often, you know, uh, I talk to podcasters, and and this is a question they they're trying to decide what platform to go with based on what their needs are, right? And I think that's that's really what the what the bigger uh, kind of focus should be of this topic is is just taking care of what the podcasters needs are uh, if they want to do something this is a good place to go if they want to do something else this is a better place to go yeah. or vice versa so I think we all kind of have uh, referred podcasters to each other in different situations because um, those podcasts those feature sets better fit with what the podcaster is trying to do 
Absolutely. So um, just so everyone, oh, we've got some, we got someone listening from Milan, Italy today. So uh, welcome, Alessio, to the live chat. Greg, thanks for being here. Mike, thanks for being here. Hey, Rob, you're a little low today. What are you, you are you, uh, are you, are you using a different mic or what are you on? Yeah, I'm on a, I'm on a, uh, it's a USB condenser mic. I can probably try and turn <clears throat> the gain up a little bit. Yeah, just, just, if... just a little. It might help. I see. Okay. It looks like you're three feet away from the thing, too. So, Well, I am because it's a condenser mic, so you know how those are. Well, I'm, like, I'm yeah. right here up on top of mine. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, so I think the solutions for everyone, there's something there for everyone. And... You know, and 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 someone came in and defended, and I'm like, you, you don't really have to defend because what one person's solution is maybe not another person's solution. So, um, but just to say you don't have a complete solution isn't, you know, at least in our minds mindset, we kind of know what, um, what our you know what our niche is, I guess. And oftentimes too, I think it my support team gets a little bit frustrated because, you know, we have really been. Um, and I, I mean, you guys too, I'm sure you get a, a, a feature request and it's a little obscure and, you know, the geek and you kind of says, wow, that'd be kind of cool. All right. Uh, you know, wow, let's support that. And then all of a sudden you end up with, uh, 25 or 30 really weirdo geeky things that you support for those kinds of one-off situations. And <laughs> then you end up with, uh, sometimes it turns into a, a little bit of a management nightmare. Um, because you, you've got too many geeky things and you've, you've given folks too many options. I guess that's the better word. And, right. um, you know, that's some of the stuff we're going through right now is we're looking at, okay, do we need that, that, and that? <laughs> is that confusing yeah. the podcaster? You know, let's simplify this and make it more streamlined. So that's some of the things we're, you know, we're kind of uh, starting to work through, but it's, uh, it's just a never ending, a never ending, uh, I guess for for a better word, a battle per se, to uh, you know to kind of keep up, and and sometimes it's like you see a shiny object come out was from someone, and you're working on that same object, and you're like, darn it, <laughs> you know they, they got be, it first, they got it first, <laughs> and, and and then and then when the uh, and then when you release it, they say, oh, you copied us, but we're like, well, actually, no, that was in the pipeline six months ago, but you know what can you say? It, it looks like you've copied it. Right. And, uh, um, so that's just one of those things you have to, you have to, you know, kind of cringe at and laugh at, on your own. And so, you know, I, actually sometimes I don't laugh. I, you know, I have this, uh, you know, favorite four letter expletive that I, uh, will, will yell at my monitor with, <laughs> you know, and I, and I, 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 uh, saw something the other day from Libsyn that they announced and, and they were like, Oh, we just got this. And I said, Oh, this is great. This is great. This is fantastic. I'm like, we really said six months ago and told people about it and uh okay uh, party, right? yeah, yeah yeah and yet you know it's amongst all those little you know geeky you know geeky tweaky things that uh we didn't think was that big of a deal but a bunch of people said wow we can do that now it's and i'm just like okay we better put out a blog post on this to remind people of this feature so it's uh but I, I, um, it's, it's going to be a, 
I just shouldn't switch topics here so quick, but uh, and I think it's just there's something for everyone depending on. And I just tell podcasters, you know, shop around, look around, see what your options are. You know, figure out what your needs are, then go and look at, you know, ask questions. And I don't think sometimes the every everyone puts that bomb. What is the best podcast host in? And you see that thread about every three days. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and and then all the fanboys jump in. Uh, Libsyn, Podbean, Pippa, Spreaker, Blueberry. Uh, you know, boom, boom, boom. And the next right. thing, then there's eighty things, and the person really d- has gotten no really additional. They just got help. Help. Right. <laughs> they got bombarded with options. Yeah. Right, right, and uh, you know the better question to ask is, uh, what is the best podcasting host if I'm going to X, Y, and Z? And then maybe we, people can help people get, um, because one size doesn't fit all. You know, there, if, someone, if someone asks me, okay, I want to do live, I'm like, well, we don't do live. We do the podcast hosting, but, you know, you can go over here and do live and, yeah. and you know, and vice versa. So it, it is kind of a, uh, a trading game. And I'm not afraid to send someone to a competitor if I can't offer them what they need. Right. And sometimes it's a, <laughs> combination of multiple solutions i know i talk to many shows that will tell me that they're you know with Lipson or they're with blueberry or whatever but they want to do this or that right and yep. and so sometimes there are situations where shows um, can benefit from utilizing two hosting platforms based on what their needs are so let's say they don't want to move from blueberry or they don't want to move from Lipson as their primary podcast host but then they want to add live streaming or they want to add um some other capability or some you know they like our widgets or they like you know i mean it, there are different um, scenarios that i come into on a, on a regular basis and then that can cause a, a podcaster to be on multiple platforms. Now, granted, you have to be careful with that because you don't want to have duplicate RSS feeds out there. So th- th- there are ways to to um, eliminate that problem. But um, it does cause some complexity. You know, you have stats from multiple platforms. They're not aggregated together uh, quite as much. And, you know, those, those situations come up, you know, um, not all the time, but, in various situations when a show is evolving in a different direction and uh, doesn't necessarily want to move uh, from where they're primary hosting. And then, you know, to kind of, Todd, to go back to what you were talking about earlier about features and, and functions of the platforms, I, I think one of the, the biggest challenges that that we have, and and I'm sure you have this too, is, is what's called feature creep, yeah. um, which is <laughs> basically you try and 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 satisfy everybody by adding features yep. uh, and and functions that uh, really don't satisfy everybody because you can't satisfy everybody. That's right. Um, and and occasionally, uh, like I got an email this morning from a podcaster that's just like bombarding me with questions about more advanced capabilities. So this is a good example. Like um, we make our own um, you know apps for shows, so you can get your custom app on iOS and Android for your show. And they're like, can you just give us the code and, and we, you know, we can add, uh, you know, like video streaming and blogging and all this other, other kind of capabilities to the app that we were, were supporting and providing to you. And it's just like, you know, you get those kind of questions too, and you just kind of scratch your head and, and I can see what they're trying to do, but it's also not, and it's difficult to say no, 
but you have to sometimes. I mean, s- sometimes it's just not practical to support every situation in every scenario. And I do think that the industry, and you know, you've been leading this, is um, offering free websites to podcasters. That that's not something that that uh, Spreaker's done, but but I know uh, Lipson's been moving that direction, and and uh, you guys have been going that direction. And I know others to try and solve this problem of of um, podcasters getting a website because oftentimes. Um, that is one of those technical hurdles that most most podcasters uh, struggle with. And I and I think what we found too is that, in just historically, we we reached a point where we knew that the expertise level of the new podcasters was changing. Right. And um, you know, in, the, in I would say the first ten years, everyone was pretty technical, and then right. you know, over the last five years or so, we've obviously not or four plus years, we haven't had, we've, we've seen that, you know, cause even Mike talks about it all the time. He says, I, I, I'm getting calls from people trying to figure out how to change the title of their podcast. And it's, right. it's simple. It's a one line thing. And if, you know, if they're having challenges changing the title of their podcast, uh, they would definitely have challenges setting up their own website. So that was the reason right. we did PowerPress sites. We made it managed so that they wouldn't right. have to worry about it. All they had to really learn how to do is post a blog post. So, right. yeah, and that was, that was part, and I understand why some uh, podcasters like to turn key solutions where it's all just kind of one thing. They just log in, they do their stuff, they, they upload and forget it. So we understand that for sure. But that was our, you know, that was our way of addressing um, where we saw the market was changing. Right. And, and we're, we're doing some stuff too with our Blueberry platform that you'll see in the coming probably coming weeks where we're making some changes too. So it's all in that process of trying to think about the current, the way the listeners are currently not listeners, excuse me, podcasters are currently coming into the space and, and addressing that. And it's also looking at what you guys and everyone else is doing and saying, Hmm, Mm -hmm. you know, so, so we all kind of play off one another on that a little bit in in the long run. Now I know that here here more recently there's been companies that are entering the the medium offering free hosting and and then also you know trying to simplify this process uh, but that's kind of that tends to fly in the opposite direction from platforms like ours that have been around for a long time where we've tried to cater to um, the full spectrum of podcasters' needs and I guess that that's what keeps it differentiated for for us too I mean I mean, you look at a platform like Anchor or whatever that's that's trying to disrupt this medium by by really focusing on on making it simple and easy and modern and and really. But one thing that's been fascinating about those guys is that they do tend to focus on hot button psychological issues with podcasters uh, as their kind of competitive advantage, if you are or competitive strategy might be the better way of doing it. And they're they're attracting you know those those beginner podcasters right in a large way um, that that you know uh, Spreaker has a free hosting plan as well um, and what we find with the free hosting plan is that there's typically not much content that gets published into those free accounts and 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 I know that other players in the industry have dropped free because of of that. And, and it tends to attract non-serious podcasters. But I think, and I think, 
Yeah. I think there's a place for free. And I think we've, yeah, we've I do too. I think we've, yeah. you know, we've struggled with it. Do we give, cause you know, all right. So this, this is not any like marketing, like secret, but no. if you give somebody something for free, the hope is that if they decide they want to be serious and upgrade, that they'll stay with you and not move. Right. You know, so that there is a little bit of that psychology going on, but at the same time, you have to look at, okay, what is the cost of free when it comes to my team, you know, from a support standpoint. And cause you know, it, if I, if I offer free, I'll have this influx of people, the support tickets will go up, but will those, those number of free accounts that I give about away and have to support technically from, right. you know, my team, will those actually then convert enough? Will there be enough of them convert to paying accounts that makes it worthwhile to do free? And that's the challenge. Now, if I could say, right. all right, I'll give a free layer. And then if 50% of those converted into paying customers, we would implement it tomorrow, you right. know, but if 5% convert to pay, you know, is, is there, you know, is, is my time better spent somewhere else? Yeah. So, you know, and, and I understand anchor strategy and you're right. They're hitting some hot, hot topic buttons. It's, and it's interesting to watch the reactions to that. You know, I had a podcaster and I posted this in my personal Facebook page that told me he was really excited. Um, and I, I was about getting advertising on his show and it was, through anchor and I said, okay, what, what are they paying you? And, um, he was told me, he says they're paying me $10 CPM. Now I, that was for doing an anchor ad. And I, and I said, okay, I don't know if they're going to take the 30% out for that. So let's assume that they are, or maybe not. And I asked him how many listeners you had. And, and this is where I was like, set back in my chair. He said, I've got 23 downloads per episode. And, and I'm like, um, so I, I, I just, I was in chat and I did the math for him. I said, okay, you take, let's say, let's say $7, you divide that by a thousand, that's equals 0 0.007 cents per download. If, if you're averaging 23 downloads per episode and four episodes a month, he's advertising the service that he's hosting on and he'll make 0 0.161 cents per episode for a whopping 0.6 cents per month. When I explained this to him, he was flabbergasted. He thought he was going to make six or seven dollars a month. Right. You know, so, okay, so that's the extreme. Right. But, you know, if you have four or five thousand listeners, you know, and can get a five, six, seven dollar check at the end of the month, is it worth the advertising? It's, you know, I think it's up to you to decide that. But right. I think people need to get a grip a little bit on um on what the minimum amount you would want to make as it, it will be an impact to your small growing audience so hey he's got an advertiser he's good congratulations <laughs> right right and uh but uh, What's the minimum check? He, first of all, is are they going to write him a check for eight cents or something like that? <laughs> I, they're probably not. No, they're, they're probably going to wait. They're going to build that up until it reaches some threshold. Like, like 50 right. bucks or right. something, you know? 
Right. And we do that with our, yeah, we do that with our affiliate costs, with our affiliate accounts, you know, right. You have to get to a $50 threshold before we pay, you know, it's, you know, we add it up each month, (laughs) but you know, administrative wise, so he may never get a check and he's going to advertise the show. So I'm, you know, I think there's, there's trade-offs, but it's, it's, (laughs) he's, he's got advertising. Yeah, well, that's that's true, and for some, that's kind of a threshold indicator of you know a certain level of success, I guess. Um, and so it's it's a you know I think what's happening in the medium right right now is that we're maybe the pendulum towards advertising is swinging swinging pretty far to the extreme, yeah. <laughs> uh, right now in some ways. And I mean, if you think back to the history of this medium, it's it certainly was not a commercial medium. And, yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, it was, it was really built on people building community and, um, just having a voice. Um, and people generally weren't concerned about making money in this space. And it just feels like now it's like, it's It's it's, like you have to. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I guess what, you know, I think the bigger challenge the industry has is trying to figure out a way to, to drive enough, um, value in the data, I guess, or in the audience to be able to drive higher rates of, of compensation to podcasters. If there's some model that we haven't even thought of yet, um, that could be utilized in one of these programs to, to drive more value to, to a particular advertiser or sponsor or something like that. I, I think there is some things that we haven't tapped into yet, but then we run right into, you know, issues like the, GDPR around targeting and, you know, <laughs> yeah. that kind of stuff, and which, which holds us back too. So, yeah. Hey, you wanted to say hello to Morgan, Greg, Daniel, um, Fosto. Hey, how are you? Um, computer geek. Everyone. Thanks for joining on, uh, the live stream today, but you know, uh, Rob, you know, if, if I look at the, you know, we got an email earlier in the week and we we're, I think I, we were both confused initially because we had a podcaster that was down in Australia tell us that um he was offered a $300 CPM oh, ad yeah. deal and and he turned it down and I, I, I was just like what you turned down right. a $300 CPM ad deal I, I'm like I I'm, I I I think I actually said are you crazy <laughs> <laughs> you'd be on that like a, you know like a hot a $300 CPM I sign me up every day of the week 365 right I'll, I'll do five shows a week you know, and and, uh, and you know, two years that we can retire, <laughs> and uh, and uh, I was confused. No, he had been asked to advertise on a podcast at a three hundred dollars CPM level. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, "No, I'm not going to advertise uh, on your show at three hundred dollars CPM." And matter of fact, the same day he sent the email, he was hit up again by the same uh, show that was asking for advertising. Now. That's that's definitely the extreme, but I also hear, and it's been a conversation that continues to pop up on a regular basis in the in the interwebs, talking about um, I, I don't believe in the CPM model, and, and it's it's okay if you don't believe in the CPM model, and if you have a show where it's you can get a flat rate sponsorship and don't have right. to go to CPM, two thumbs up, more power to you. <laughs> Right, you know, and yeah. um, let me know how that goes long term, and keeping the advertiser ha- happy. 
You know, that's the right. key. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is, you know, what is the ROI that you're delivering back? And, you know, what do they consider successful? Is it, you know, if it's, it's an awareness campaign, that's different than a DR. So, right. um, yeah, when when we say DR, it'd be more of a direct, direct response, response, yeah, uh, yeah. or or pay for performance type of model, yeah. Um, and that's that's what a lot of the advertising and podcasting has been is the pay for performance. I mean, you're you're getting paid based on um, the the success of the campaign and reaching customers, and and at the end of the day, that's what they're looking for. That's right. Um, but it's it's also a little unfair too. I know I battled this very early in my podcasting effort, you know, back when I was on the, on the radio more and, and it, it, it was difficult because, um, I think that a lot of the value in podcasting is, uh, around brand building. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. And the whole direct response stuff is a, is a little bit wishful thinking. Um, and so in some ways it feels like we've been kind of giving away the medium to, to advertisers or, you know, in two areas, right. We've been baking in advertising into content. Right, so they've lived in there far beyond the payment cycle, typically, mm-hmm. um, and then also just the fact that you know this push towards um, direct response or pay for performance type of models has kind of made it an immediate kind of thing versus building brand awareness over the long run. I mean, if you think about some of the biggest advertisers in podcasting, I think they're uh, like um, uh, Squarespace and. And Audible and stuff, they've really built their companies off of the brand building that was done in podcasting. Um, and But they don't get paid for that. Or they don't pay for that. What right. they pay for is conversion to customers. Right. And and so podcasters are getting a little shortchanged on that, I think, in the long run. And I, I had that struggle. I ran a, uh, a two- or three-month campaign for web.com back, back when I was doing my radio show. It was back in the early days of, of uh, web, that company. <laughs> And was trying to tell them to, you know, that running an ad on my show was going to build your brand uh, just as much as converting new customers. So I tried to get them to focus on more of a brand building approach to this and paying off of that. Now, granted, it's it's a little harder to quantify that, but I know a lot of like TV advertising is is viewed like that, right? And and because it's hard to get a direct response scenario out of television, um, but I do kind of think that podcasting. Uh, th- there needs to be some way that we can value brand building in this medium more than we do to add on to this kind of this current model that we have to get higher CPMs. Well, you, you know, I just go back and look at my long-term relationship with GoDaddy. You know, I haven't been very public about in recent years on how that has worked and the type of money I make from that show. People can, from my presentations, have been able to, to make some deductions from that info. And, um, you know, the, the performance is still on me. I have to bring, and I only get paid on new customers that come into GoDaddy. I don't make any money off of the renewals. And I've, I've known that from the get go, but it's also part of the deal that I signed up with them with and, uh, the agreement that I came to, to have the model of support and sponsorship for the show that it is, I get a base and then I get so much on certain types of accounts. And, um, I consider the base to be what I'm getting paid for, for the 1200 episodes that they're in my podcast. 
And right. the the renewals that happened that were generated in 2005 that are still renewing today, the base covers a lot of that right. that I wouldn't get otherwise. And then my performance on what I make today is based upon what I can deliver today. So will that relationship last forever? Probably not. But it is a, um, a situation where I've kind of found a happy medium, and as long as I bring the right number of new customers to them every month, they're happy to write the check. So, uh, but it's also a long time relationship uh, partnership with them. Now, well, there's a lot of podcasters out there. You look at Twit; he's had some long time relationship with certain brands that go synonymous with his show. But there's not a lot of podcasters out there today that have a Budweiser or have a. Uh, Geico or have, you know, some sort of long-term brand relationship with someone that is uh, quantifiable that you can talk about in the show that ha applies to real life. Now, as an example, right. right now, if Allstate called me and said, hey, we want to advertise on your show, I, 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 they would not be a good company to advertise with because I've got a big of a, a bit of a beef with Allstate at this point. Um, matter of fact, um, for all of you out there, if you have Allstate, please uh, go find a new insurance company. Um, and you know, that's the power of brand advertising. And I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. So you're no longer in good hands, huh? You are, you're no, you are not in good hands with Allstate. <laughs> Absolutely not. They do everything yeah. they can not to pay claims. So, you know, State Farm, all my neighbors have had good luck with State Farm. I, I would look at that company. So there's brand advertising for you. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> and if I stopped one person from getting Allstate today, that's a win for me and a loss for them. <laughs> There's uh, no zero-sum games around here, right? Yeah. Right, right. You know, yeah, and they, right. they don't care. You know, they got millions of customers, but you know, right. they spend millions in advertising. But what what would happen if I start going out and be publicly as a podcaster bashing them every show based upon my experience? With their claims process, I could probably get 100, 150,000 people to doubt Allstate's viability as an insurance company. Todd, Allstate should pay you uh, not to do that. <laughs> Too no, late. Too late. But anyway, it's so I think from a, a podcaster standpoint, if you have a good relationship with a the company, there's a lot of value in building brand. My, my you uh, know, right. and we all know our my, and my listeners are. I tell them if you're not going to make if you don't just support the show financially, then turn tell a friend or you know buy a product through the sponsor. Right. But yeah, I, I do think that we're undervaluing the media. Yeah, I think so to, too. To the advertising space right now, and and I think it's it's something that we need to really focus on it as an industry, kind of coming together and and um, making sure that 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 value equation is adequately you know thought about. And I think part of where this is coming from and why I'm raising this topic is you know the topic of an association and a topic of you know some sort of a I hate to say it, but you know, kind of like a union of sorts has been talked about too. I'm hearing people talk about this stuff. It's like, how do we, as an industry, come together enough to, to stand our ground and to to demand the value that that we think that we're driving out there and not be taken advantage of. And I, I know this is probably a fairly controversial topic, but it's 
is something that I'm hearing more people talk about in the space of, you know, um, how do we come together um, and, and say this is this is the value of this this medium and this is what it's worth and and kind of expecting that from from the you know there may be some adjustments I I think this next year is going to be a really interesting year from the standpoint of metric certification uh, I think that the industry is kind of uh, coming into a new phase here and I'm not sure uh, you know what the reaction is going to be. Though I know that the agencies are already starting to say, well, I only want to buy with those that are certified. Mm. Uh, so those sentiments are already starting to take hold. Uh, but are there other things that this industry, and I'm starting to look at it that way more now, that this is an industry or, and a, you know, a medium, but it's an industry, kind of like what radio was or television or those kind of things. And we need to start thinking of ourselves in a more, you know, uh, uh, kind of more comprehensive view because this medium has been uh, up to this point, uh, you know, thousands of stray cats running off in different directions and it's easy for us to be taken advantage of. Yeah. So Fausto says, and Fausto has been um, in the podcasting space. How long have you guys been doing your show for 13 years? Fausto, you guys, you guys are around a long time. And Fausto says, we refuse to do sales affiliates for our program. Now, Here's what really is, is DR is actually almost like affiliate sales. But I, right, I, and, yeah. I and I found two things about this and it, it holds true to this day. And I, I, for the life of me, I have, if someone can figure this out, please, uh, I, I can really, we can make a lot of money together, but um, no, I'm kidding, not kidding. If I have a campaign, a DR campaign where I'm promoting Audible or where whoever, Right, and and the goal is is I get re, I my my advertising is and my renewal is going to be based on how many new people go over and sign up for Audible. Right. If I deliver those folks, they renew and they pay me whatever my CPM level is. Let's say twenty bucks. And okay, so now let's you you do that and you're successful. Somehow something happens when the check is not written when someone tries every time I've seen someone do their own deal. Let's say they went to commission junction. They signed up for an affiliate program right. with whoever. Right. Right. Um, I've not seen those campaigns succeed when the content creator does it on their own without a sponsorship behind it. And I, and I think there's two things to it. Number one, I don't, Trust Commission Junction personally to track stuff correctly. Number two, GDPR has absolutely decimated, decimated um, affiliate sales. And it's not being talked about in the space, but there's a lot of companies very, very worried about their affiliate sales currently because GDPR has just caused sales to be plummeted or or they're getting the sales, and because of GDPR, they're not able to track it back to who actually drove it to them. And the person that drove the sales oh, not is not getting paid. The credit for it. The right. credit for it. Right. So, CJ and other groups have huge, huge issues. Right. As a matter of fact, I, I know so much about this that 
I probably should not even speak about it publicly. It, it's, it's, it's bad, 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 bad. Now, right. when you have an advertiser that is separately tracking somehow, they're separately tracking in their back end promo codes and stuff, performance yeah. is good. But when you rely on a third party that you don't have any in-depth insight to, you right. have nothing that you can look at the back end to see how that trends. So for me, I have a lot of hidden stuff that goes on. A lot of hidden stuff. So I've told advertisers that have come to me before and said, well, we want to do this and this and this. I said, well, I want a look at how you're tracking in your back end, guaranteeing that what I deliver you is counted. And boy, you, 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 that's like unzipping their fly, Rob. They won't do it. No, Because they're getting a certain amount of sales that they don't have to credit back to you. Right. It's a, That's right. It's free money to them. Free money. Free. Yep. And, I, and I think it's some of, and I think that's the dirty little secret that's out in the space now that a lot of people don't want to talk about. Some people make a, they make a thousand here, a thousand there, but maybe they should have been making 5,000. Right. Now I know I am probably going to get some emails on this, but I'm just telling you, you got to have insight into the, or you work with an advertiser that you can trust that is going to go in and look in their back end and give you credit for what you have delivered and pay you on a CPM basis and you're guaranteed a payment. I would, yeah. I would never do a deal to this never, ever, ever again while I do a deal where there's not a guaranteed payment involved. I won't do it. I won't do it. Someone says, well, we want to come in and do a, uh, an affiliate. We want you to introduce them. No. You have to put cash on the barrel head. I'm, I'm not, we're yeah. not doing a straight a affiliate. Deal, no, right. not happening. Right. right. Now, Matt says in chat, hold a rate. Don't be like radio and give. I'm telling you, but the problem is, Matt, what's happening right now in the podcasting space is you've got some that are. They're saying, oh, we, we got 5 million downloads or 40 million downloads a month. We'll take 10. You know, and, and it, you know, cause we economy of scale here instead of holding the line at 20 and it hurts everyone. There's nothing we can do about that. Um, so yeah. anyway, it's, it's, uh, that's, now do we want to talk about certification? Well, that's, well, that's probably not happening as much, uh, with the D with the direct DR, right? If you're doing, I a, think you're only talking about. Like Commission Junction and those kind of folks. Right. right. Yeah. Right. But if you're, you know, in, in, the, in the only way I would do a, a direct affiliate deal, a.k.a. where I'm doing an affiliate sales with someone is if I have a relationship where I can trust that that vendor is going to look at their log files right. and make sure that I get credit for every sale I make to them. And I'm going to have to have a relationship with them. Otherwise... I, I, what? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you have to trust. You have to trust, All right? Because there's really no 100 percent way that you can verify. I don't think. I mean, unless they share their their conversion log files, but those can be edited. The only way I could trust if the if the if the if the commerce sale came through you and was funneled back to them. That's the only way. Right. Yeah. And some people do that. I mean, that's that's not unheard of. Like a. It's almost like a double check, right? Yep. So, 
you know, you have to pass through some sort of a, of a server, but, but I, I'm not sure it's, uh, fault, you know, without potential, um, it's hard, it's hard to implement that. And, and I'll be honest with you, the GDPR stuff has, it's, it's decimating affiliate sales. That model is broke. So, um, let's talk about, thanks thanks to you. (laughs) 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 Let's talk about certification a little bit. Um, Okay. It's the announcement's coming next week. Right. There's and gonna be a a press release that comes out about it. That's yeah. right. There's four additional companies that are working on their certification. Right. So uh um here's the funny are one of them. I know that um, you're one of them. Libsyn right. is one of them. I don't know if I can speak for the other two, but oh, yeah. uh, it'll be in the press release that comes out next week. Um one thing that's interesting about this certification is is that you are, and I've had a little back and forth discussions with the IEB, is that it's a certification of compliance. All right. That's what you get. You get a certification, a podcast measurement certification of compliance. And... um Everyone's saying they're IB compliant. <laughs> so, from, even, I mean, some that aren't even members of the IEB. Right. They're saying they're IEB compliant. And now we're going to have this certification of compliance. And I'm hoping uh, that we can work on that wording a little bit. Um, yes, we'll have the certification of compliance, but. Uh, yeah. These are going to be tiers of compliance, right? I don't <laughs> think there's going to be they're... ones that are certified and ones that are uh, like, you know, <laughs> IAB V2 capable or compatible. No, I don't, I don't think no. so. Now, I, I, there, there's going to be a report. Um, we got a, basically our results, our results report. And they right. have removed anything that is... You'll get to see it. Everyone's going to get to see our report and NPR's report. You're going to be able to read through. As a matter of fact, um, you know, there was a couple of things that were at, uh, that where we thought were slightly omitted from the report that we said, "Hey, right. this we think this should be in there." Um, so the report itself is a dumbed down version of the. Well, what the public's going to see is a redacted. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll have data that's been removed from it. And a lot of it has to do with, um, uh, there's some IP in there that was, you know, that talked about how we did this to get to this, that we don't want anyone else to know about because we learned a few things <laughs> right, right. and, um, we'll let you guys get there on your own. Sorry. <laughs> Well, Todd, and also, you know, the, the, something that goes along with what you're saying is that uh, if, if we're going to question other companies making claims of uh, being IAB, you know, compatible or whatever term out there, does that mean that the IAB is going to have some sort of enforcement arm that's going to go after companies that are making claims of uh, being compliant? Um, that's, when, that's a question for the IAB. Right. I mean, are they going to require that companies take that down, kind of like copyright almost? 
uh, as opposed to those that have gone through the process and paid the fee and done all the hard work to get there. It, it's not, I think the, well, it's the, I think you guys are maybe starting to realize Rob over Libsyn is, is starting to realize the in depth of the invasiveness right. of, of this, the probe, <laughs> the probe. <laughs> And uh, I asked him, how was the probe going? And, uh, you know, so he had an interesting comment for me, you know, that I can't repeat on the air. But uh, let's just put it this way. They they look in dark, recessed places. <laughs> Where the sun goes, shine. <laughs> and uh, so I, I kind of laughed at that. But, um, no, I think that um, I have a concern. And uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But I and I think what everyone needs to um, and what we're you know obviously what we're going to be very vocal about is we are um, podcast measurement guidelines certified, uh, right. you know, and and we are in compliance. <laughs> you know that uh, it's very you know there has to be a differentiating factor, and that's the only one. And you guys are going to want the same thing. At right. the at the end here, so we'll see what uh, what the IEB comes uh, out with. I have the 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 sticker, I guess, for a better saying. I had some questions about the sticker that we get, and um, uh, because I I don't want confusion, and I so you so does that mean that you're going to put it on the window, put the sticker on the window of your building? Yeah, you know? yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> It's but like I, a sticker of the Better Business Bureau. Right, right. But I, I don't want their confusion in the marketplace for someone right. to say I'm IEB compliant, which we all been saying, all of us that have. Right, right. You know, so now we have a certification of compliance. Right. One word. The words are important, you know. So um, I've probably caused some heartache over there. <laughs> <laughs> in some emails recently and uh, they've been very receptive to my input which is good and um i think that uh you know i don't know how long it's going to take the rest of you guys to get through the process obviously i would assume it would have took us longer because we are the guinea pig on this thing and us an npr right. but um whew, that's all i can say <laughs> God, yeah. we're through um, that's a lot it is a lot, but this report would be interesting for people to read. It 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 lays out everything that was looked at, and um, and I I think that there'll probably be people who have some questions on the report, and uh, there's right. a couple of things that they recommended to us that we have in work that will go and play. They'll be in play in uh, early January. We said, well, can we get that updated when that's in there? And uh, so it's. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a it's been a fun ride, but so what does it mean for the space, Rob? Um, you know, what does the certification actually truly mean? So let's say there's six companies of us that are six of us that are certified by, quote unquote, to let's say April. What does it mean for for the space? I you know I think it's still a little bit unknown um, what the impact is going to be. Um, does that mean podcasters? are going to gravitate towards hosting on those platforms? I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, are, are, are advertisers going to shift more towards spending money off of shows that are on specific platforms? I would say probably yes. 
Um, so you can kind of read into that what you think the fallout's going to be. Um, but there's going to be a lot of pressure on a lot of small companies out there to get certified and, when they may not have the resources to, to do it. And if you, if you are a small company, I have to throw it out there. If you are a small company and there's no pathway for you to get certified, you need to call me. I've got a solution for you. Honestly, I do. Yeah, I can, I can, I can you know, see we, how you, we, we roll, I can see how you might want to do that, Todd. And you've been in that position. Yeah, we we do we do enterprise stats for a lot of com- a lot of companies. So you know, it's just another just another thing. Right. So we can get you certified. A couple of weeks, you can have a certified system in place. It's just so, you have to. You yeah. have to plug into your your back end. No, we'll system. make we'll make them a uh-huh. white label solution. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay. we'll, we'll cut them a white label. But again, so what, you know, what, uh, so again, marketing ploy here. Sorry, folks. Had to put that pitch in there. Um, so I was wondering it, if you might do that at some point. Yeah, why, yeah, well, we've done that already for other companies. So it's, why wouldn't we yeah. do it for podcast hosting companies that don't have the ability to get or can't write that check every year for certification? So, um, you know, that's, a, that's, a, that's an option for them. Uh-huh. But, and again, another thing too, is the way I look at it is why, why spend those resources of your programmers having to go through and be working code when someone else can do it for you and it's already a, a locked in system, but uh, I'm sorry, I'm sales pitching here, but the, <laughs> I, I think Rob, from our perspective, we, we're already getting some questions asked, uh, out of New York by some very, very big names in the space that are asking us some uh, hard-hitting questions. And um, so, yes, I think the media buyers are looking at this at great length. Yep. And it's, you know, for some, it's uh, it's going to be a significant haircut. Oh. You know? Yeah. And and that is that comes with other challenges, too. I think... We've already seen a little bit of the ripples of that, uh, I think, come through the space in anticipation of this. Um, yeah. Maybe a little bit doesn't get talked about very much, but there could be some people resetting their business models and changing direction based on uh, what's coming. I, and, I, had, I had a call last week <clears throat> with a significant volume-wise player in the podcast space. Um, significant volume, um, and uh, we were talking about uh, shows on a specific platform because they have shows in three or four different hosting locations. Mm-hmm. And uh, one specific location, uh, they asked me, "What's the impact going to be?" And when I told them, uh, collectively, I think I heard gasp on the other end. Um, right. And the guy asked me, said, are you serious? And I said, yes. I said, you're, I'm serious. This is what, what change you're looking at from here to here. And I said, uh, but I said, here's the good point. And this is where we have to focus all, on, right? All of us have to take right. a collective breath. Right. You can charge more. If you yeah. if your if your ad deals they've been happy with your ad deals, 
at 20 and you've been over reporting download numbers it's it's a win for everyone because they have it's an opportunity i think oh it's huge opportunity advertise we have to quit looking at this from a oh my god i'm going to take a pay cut no 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 you say okay i'm you're getting the same performance with 30% less downloads. I'm increasing the CPM 30%. Right. Right. That's true. There should be an inverse reaction. Inverse that, reaction to this. Right. Right. That should uh, show more ROI. Right. right. Should. So pe- <laughs> so people, and, you know, if you're, and if you've got advertisers already, they're happy with your numbers at which you've been reporting. So, it, it's a wash. And then I explain that to them. So well, the advertisers are not going to want to pay more. And, and I'm like, that's the wrong way to go about this. The, right. the, a digital went through this digital went through this already. So digital yeah. had cracked down, had right. a huge, huge crackdown on digital. Right. And this right. happened in digital and the rates went up. This is, there's precedence for this. So we just have to, it would be big boys and pull up our pants and tighten our belt and say, no, you can't have it for 20 anymore. Now it's 25. Right. Or 30. Or 30. <laughs> or in some cases, 40. Right. Right. That's the direction we need to go. I agree. I mean, it. I just think that we've been shortchanging podcasters for far too long. And now it's time to reset that relationship. As we become more more professionalized and as we become more organized as an industry together, yeah, this is a this is a little bit of a, a clue, I think, to the broader medium of the if if we want to make this a commercial medium, we got to get our act together. Well, and that literally means coming together more, just like we did with the IAB. I hate to say it, but well, I, you know, I didn't I didn't spend this money to sit around and be bask in glory that we were we were one of the first and uh, no no there is a you're in business you're in business to do uh stuff strategically and well, um, being first comes with uh, a a first factor cost <laughs> and that's you were a guinea pig you're exactly right todd and it was definitely going to be easier for those that is, come after you. That's right, because they know all the questions to ask. They know where the, they know where the bodies are buried. Typically, right. <laughs> typically, right. 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 The bodies are buried. <laughs> well, that's true. They know where the bodies are buried because they're like, "Let me see this." I'm like, "Wow, they're going to look at that. Cool." Right. You right. know. And then we say, "Well, maybe you should maybe you should maybe you should, maybe you should, maybe you should right. look at this." And then, and then they they ask the question, "Well, why don't you do that?" And you're like. Uh, we didn't know we should <laughs> well we need you to put that in place well and I think what's also coming out of this thought is and I've been hearing talk about this already is uh, there's going to need to be another revision uh, to the spec it's, okay. that's what I'm hearing out of our process because we do something that's a little little bit unusual and that's the Dynamo product Oh, uh, so there's a separate kind of thing that's going to probably fall out of that. that well, there's already, there's already auditing processes and you know, we right. had to go through that. Our pipeline of auditing of how you know that the ad is in, how that make sure right. that the ad, there's an, you know, we've, we had to implement all that auditing stuff 
for the ad insertion. Sure, sure, sure. So, well, yeah, it's 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 basing, um, and and I think you're a little bit involved. This, you know, because you're doing the 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 stats, uh, you're you're having to utilize redirects, right? So, oh, we we learn some stuff on redirects, and there's some stuff that we have to. Our redirect folks will be. They may get it the same time our hosting customers do, uh, but but we have to do prefixes, audits. Prefixes more is probably the more accurate thing I'm trying to say. Mm. Is, yeah. Well, we have to do. Well, I'm give. You know, we, we're setting up an auditing system. We're actually having to audit people's web pages that are on redirect only. Well, not so much uh, redirects on web pages. What I'm talking about. I mean. Uh, Redirects, uh, redirects on, off of URLs, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Anyone that's on our redirect stat system alone, and they're right. not a hosting customer, they ha- they're they going to have a special audit done on their websites. Right, and, and a a prefix that's put in front of the media file. Uh, a, we don't have to do URLs. that. Yeah, we don't have to do that. No, but, but that's what we're doing. Oh. It's, it's, causing, us, it's causing them to... Um, want to go back to IEB and say, well, we need to maybe make some tweaks to the V2 spec to support media media file redirects. So okay, well, um, we we've already learned what we need to learn on redirects. We're covered, uh, you know. Basically, what and, right. and we and what it is, we had to put controls in place. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and auditing, we've had, we're actually auditing our. We're going to have to audit our customers, our customers' websites. And do we think that the IAB should get involved in uh, client-side metrics too? Well, it's in the spec already, so it. No, it but it, like Rad, I mean, that's what I mean. Um, I like think I think what Rad does will get us to the client-side stuff that the IAB spec already has. Ah, I see what you're saying. Okay. So NPR's, yeah. I would, I would suspect that NPR's um, certification will include client side for their app. They'll probably have something extra in their certification document. I'm sure they had client side looked at for their app. If if they okay. didn't, they should have, because it's already covered in the. That's something we won't have. We won't have any client side. Um. And that part of the certification will not be applicable to us because we don't have any client side reporting. Right. Okay. You know, and well, that's that's like the new frontier, right? That's, right. That would that's, be be the next big thing that the industry needs to tackle. That's the two to three year ugly gorilla. Right. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's definitely a, um, and it's kind of interesting. It's coming here at the end of the year. So, you know, we're, we're going to have a, a week for people to think about this and everybody's going to be on Christmas vacation and a new year, but, uh, come, uh, you know, January 3rd, um, you know, I'm sure it, we'll, we'll see how much the phone rings starting next week. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but, so uh, we should probably, uh, explain what the client side metric stuff is because we may have maybe lost some folks. Okay, so cl- client side um, metric, yeah, client, and what, really what RAD is, it's a proposal by NPR to be able to, and GDPR is a, he, another hindrance to client side reporting, is that um, if you have an app, podcast app, and you hit play, there's a signal sent back to the 
um, stats provider that says um, uh, IP 111.11.11.111 just hit play. Right. And the, or fast forward or stopped. Um, and then there's p- periodically, and it is in the spec yet, how often it's going to ping back every couple of minutes, say, still listening, still listening, still listening, stop. So they'll know, you'll know how far someone actually listened in a specific episode. But in order to get that data to scale, to make any sense, you need Apple, you need Google Podcast, you need all the major app players to implement the the right. API to make it happen. And the, and the the way that Brad is being proposed is that there will be no gatekeeper. So for example, if you are on on raw voice or blueberry and your blueberry hosting customer technically what would happen is that when the api is smart enough to know when someone hits play that that signal goes back to blueberry not to npr right and again that's all got to be worked out um and and one piece of this we should probably explain too is that what this does this exposes the the black hole that's been in the medium since it started and that did uh, someone play, really listen play well that and play, playback of downloaded files right. right so once you've downloaded a file to your device uh, typically the data on playback on that doesn't exist outside of the of of the playing app platform. And, and, so, and, but right. you've got resistance. you got Marco at Overcast says, I'm never putting that in. Middle, sure. Two middle fingers. It's not happening. <laughs> and Apple, Apple, there's a low chance that they're going to support it too. They're right? listening. Yeah, but they're already doing that for their login area. Right, so, but it's not to this granular level. No, right. And it's also letting that data outside of their platform too. Right. Something they're... They're hesitant to do. So, but then again, so, okay, so what if you get 10% or 20%? You know, you get this, you know, if you get 20% of the apps out there or you get 20% of your downloads being reported client side, it helps the story. You know, I get, I know that some of you could give two craps about um, advertising and what this is. My continued concern is, no matter how we slice and dice this, is that in order to be uh, G- GDPR compliant, right. this data will largely be anonymized. Um, right. It has to be to be compliant. It has to be, yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's not necessarily, this data isn't necessarily all about advertising either. I mean, it, it's certainly going to be used right, for that, right. but it, it's going to be used for other purposes too. It's when did people be, leave and did they right. scrub in and, and yeah. what did they skip and... Exactly. How how can the content producer produce better content yep. based on that that data coming back? You know, that's how that's that's another huge advantage. And in our, that's what Apple's been doing. And all our hosting customers are going to get partial download data. We're going to start presenting the data that we've been giving ESPN and ABC throughout the years. So they're actually in and in a, we you know we're being very very careful. People need to understand this is not play data. This is percentage of download data. You know, they're going to be able to see how much of that file was actually delivered. It was 100%. You know, I had 80% of my downloads were 100% delivered. 10% were only 70. They're actually going to be able to see those metrics. Um, right. And it's going to help them in some of their program planning too. But it's not something that can be, in your brain, you can roll it up and say, okay, 
but also there's some apps you hit play and it just it just downloads. Right. So you get the whole download. Some stuff doesn't progressively download. So it's it's right. just information. <laughs> right. right. Totally. Yeah. Well, well, we had uh, Pandora launch their beta. Oh yeah, so that that came out. So, and did you know that on the form they put on the web, you can't put an HTTPS feed? Really? <laughs> no, you can't submit a secure feed. Oh God! Oh my God! Here we go. Did you? <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> they and and of course they left Blueberry out, and I sent an email to him. I'm like, was that on purpose? You got everyone else, but hello. And I got an email back. Oh, yeah, sorry. We'll get you added. <laughs> I'm like, bend me over, you know? <laughs> oh, man. We should not go here. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, un it's, yeah. It's what it is, Todd. So yeah, you can't submit an HTTPS feed. So I'm like, how? Okay, is that just a? Is is the form have a problem, or can you? They cannot take an HTTPS feed. And yeah. anyone on anyone on Pandora know if you they're taking your HTTPS feed, or did they have to create a HTTP feed for you? Oh, it, that I, whole thing makes me just takes my breath away. I'm a praying it's a form. I'm praying it's a form formatting issue. Because <laughs> all of us are struggling with with Apple right now to to convert old feeds right now, and that's not even happening. So now we're living in this bifurcated world of <laughs> HTTP and HTTPS, and then you got well, Google. Well, if it Google, turned, you if know, it, I, I mean, of course, I had to go here. Oh but, yeah. Um, and then you got Google. Uh, Potentially duplicating feeds based on HTTPS and HTTP. What? Uh, well, it, I, I, it's possible. Oh, right? it's true. It's true. But if you convert to HTTPS, well, well, if you have to maintain both because of Pandora. <gasps> right. Oh. Right. Well, yeah. Because everyone that everyone should that switched to HTTPS on their feed should be redirecting or having your feed. Automatically, if someone puts in HTTP and puts your feed address in, it should resolve right. as HTTPS. All right. And it's a reminder, if you're not on HTTPS yet, get there. <laughs> right. Because, right. okay, so if Apple says, oh, they can't take HTTP, hey, guys, let's put the, the hammer down and make everybody go HTTPS. <laughs> right. Well, they they put it out there that they want all their the feeds in there to be HTTPS. Now, granted, there's a bunch of them in there that are not that are all right. You know, they've been in there for years. Um, th they need to be converted so, over to yeah. So years ago, I used to do this show called Chromecast, the Chromecast right. podcast when Chrome kind of first came out. So it's, I think it was about I've done a show on on that or it abandoned. It was pod faded or pod died maybe eight or nine years ago it i got the email yesterday from apple say hey this this show's been removed from the apple podcast structure i was like finally right. <laughs> and the feed and stuff has not been in existence for years oh i see yeah so i have no idea why it took that long but so i i i heard from a little 
bird that uh, the pod, the podcast catalog is up to for Apple is up to six hundred nineteen thousand. Six nineteen. Right. Let me see where we're at. And that's up from six hundred and nine, like what two weeks ago? Yeah. Let me look here again. It, it's fluctuating. And uh, what? Oh, I'm waiting for the page uh-huh. to load here. Let me click yeah. on my little secret admin page. What in the world is happening here? There's lots of lots of things for us to talk about, Todd. So, um, what did you think of Daniel's reporting that he put out? My uh, directory. I thought, I, I thought it was interesting. I I think it's you know it's the pulling the covers back, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And seeing what's what's really going on in the medium right now, I think some of it was a little bit um, shocking. Some of it was, you know, kind of what I expected. But um, I thought it was, yeah. I think, and, and it's nice. It was that, good. Good to have that out there. It's nice to have some independent, um, you know, some of this data I've known since before podcast movement. Right. Uh, but I wasn't. I didn't feel that it was appropriate for me to put it out. Right. Put it out there. And I'm trying to find his right. article here. Um, but let's just go through some of these uh, numbers. Oh, by the way, okay, don't let me forget about ACAST. Because I want to know how ACAST got $35 million. Well, let me just ask. Okay, here's the stats for, for, for ACAST. ACAS has 2.4 podcast, 2.4K podcast, according to Dan and J. Lewis in Apple Podcast. 2,400. 2,400. 1,300 of them are active. 1,100 of them are inactive and not having a published episode in 90 days. 186 of their shows have three or few episodes. 444 of those have only nine or fewer episodes. 1,000 have between 10 and 50 episodes and 713 have 51 or more. So they got essentially $35 million for 1,700 shows. Now, okay, that gives them a market cap with this being a C round of like um, $155 million pre-money valuation. All right, so if you just take those numbers and kind of roll them into like Libsyn, let's look at Libsyn. <laughs> right. Libsyn has 41,000 podcasts. 25,000 of them are active. 15,000 of them are, are inactive and inactive being defined um, less than uh, no episodes in the last 90 days. Um, they have approximately 31,000 Daniel's numbers, 18, 20, 31,000 that have 10 or more episodes um, in the last 90 days. That would make Libsyn worth about $3 billion. Wow. <laughs> if, if you compare that to just the scale, the difference in scale between ACAST and... So I want to see the deck. I want to see the deck ACAST used to sell how they got... $35 million on 1,700 active shows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a little bit of forward thinking there, right? You think? Yeah. 
if you think about that, that's wow. All right, so let's go look at the shocking numbers. And da- and Daniel has provided me. Uh, let me uh, let me open up. Uh, I'm in the wrong Facebook window. Let's see here. Let's see if I can get to this without causing hate and discontent. Let's see if I get to Daniel's link. All right, here we go. Um, this uh, some of these numbers just blew me away. And yeah. uh, let me start with the, the first thing that was published. So. Um, let me just give a rundown. 83,000 SoundCloud feeds, 72,000 Anchor feeds, 50,000 feed burner feeds. <laughs> we ought to do some in-depth analysis just on that alone. 40,000 Libsyn feeds, 28,000 Podbean feeds, 27,000 Blueberry feeds, 15,000 Spreaker feeds, 8.2K Buzzsprouts feeds, 3.2K Simplecast, 2K Libsyn Pro feeds, 1.1K Podcast.com feeds, UG, uh, 1K PodTrack feeds and 600 fireside uh, feeds. And if you looked at this and, and where he really dug in is um, the number I was looking for. What, what was the three or fewer episodes? You know, how many, how many, uh, uh, what was the number? So if you look at anchor, uh, anchor at 42,000 feeds with three or four fewer episodes, 27,000 of, of the 70, 2000 of right. the 72,000. So they had 40,000 anger feeds, three or fewer episodes, 27,000 on SoundCloud of the 72,000 uh, of the 83,000. Right. Um, 8.4K of feed burner of the 50,000, 3.6K, okay, 3.6K. Of the Libsyn feeds of forty, approximately forty-two thousand feeds, three point three k for Blueberry PowerPress of our twenty-seven k feeds, um, and one hundred fifty-eight thousand podcasts in all of Apple Podcasts have three or fewer episodes. So you essentially have Anchor responsible for one quarter of those. And then SoundCloud, uh, about what is that? An eighth, about an eighth. And then if you look at percentage-wise for Libsyn and and Blueberry, um, what's what's uh, you know what's the average of 158k inactive and three three point like let's just say four thousand, you know, a couple percentage points. So right. Um, that is the stat that I've been sitting on since July. Right. Um, that Daniel put together, but um, 42,000 anchor feeds, three or fewer episodes. And, and, and let's give credit here, or not credit, let's explain why. Right. Free is easy to implement. There's potentially no buy-in, but they still have 30,000 feeds that are, they have more than three. They have more than three. So right. let's actually right. look at that data then. So right. they have, um, if you look at Anchor, and you know we're we're picking on them a little bit here, but it it's such a huge number. They've got uh, about fifteen thousand feeds that have ten or more. If you include four to nine episodes, that takes them up to thirty thousand feeds with. Four or more episodes. So, you know, it's 
they've got a lot of number of feeds, so they do have a, a body of shows that are. Well, I think that they're all pretty much really new shows. Well, that you've got right. two, two, I mean, uh, two point I mean, two. Yeah. About, right, right. So you got thirteen k that are ten to fifty, which kind of plays into that newer shows, and then two point two k that are fifty one or more. Right. But you know, here's the math I did as a a little exercise. How much how much does it take to generate a million dollars in revenue? Do you know if you have a twenty dollar CPM? That's simple math, right? Okay, if you if you are advertising and you want to generate a million dollars worth of revenue, you have to deliver 50 million downloads a month, 50, right. 50 million downloads a month at $20 CPM with all of it committed to make a million dollars gross. Right. So, uh, Raw Voice does the same thing, 30-70 for most of our podcasters on a split. So if I deliver uh, 50 million right. downloads, and right. um, we we engage it all. Um, Raw Voice measures about 120 million downloads a month across 45,000 shows. Yeah. Okay, so let me say that again. Raw Voice measures 120 million downloads across 45,000 shows. Right. That's excluding ESPN. It's excluding ABC. Those aren't included in those numbers. Right. So if I monetized... 100% of my media, let's just use it at 100 million. Um, I could generate $2 million in revenue. I would keep 600,000 of that per month or $7.2 million a year. Right. That would be the most I could probably earn right. from off, off of the platform. Off the platform, what we have currently. Right. If you have that CPM. Yeah. Now, to monetize, let's go back to the fifty million dollar, fifty million download number. Yeah, right. You've got okay. I'm measuring a hundred and twenty million downloads across forty five thousand shows. Right. Anchor has <laughs> Anchor has fifteen, and not all those are active, Rob. I've got dead shows too. Oh sure, sure, sure. You know, and we'll we'll like we'll list our numbers. Um, so. If they've got 30,000 shows, let's look at here that are more than four episodes, 15, 28, 30,000 shows that have more than four episodes, right. um, are they at 50 million downloads a month? I don't know. So let's let's just say they're at... That's a small amount of episodes to think you can get to those numbers. So if we give them the benefit of the doubt and say that they are at 50 million downloads a month and they can monet and if k k keyword here is if they can monetize all of that all of it right at twenty dollars cpm let's even you know let's even uh yeah let's just say twenty let's say one ad i know they're trying to run two ads so let's say one ad that's three hundred thousand dollars a month revenue right right three hundred thousand times twelve my high school math or right uh um, professional aeronautics bachelor's degree math is 3.6 that's 3.6 million <laughs> yeah that sounds right so yeah. can they survive with 3.6 million is that the kind of numbers that someone that has invested millions of dollars into you want as a revenue number 
probably not in pay your employees and pay everything. And how many employees they have? 2030? Something like that. Okay. Yep. So, you know, it's to see where the burn rate is. Now let's, let's be fair and let's go, let's hear, let's, let's look at my numbers, probably power press. And this is what Daniel came up with Uh 28. And I don't host all these. Okay. And I can't sell right. into all these. Right. Um, well, let's, let's look at, let's look at, um, let's look at Libsyn. Um, well, you know, again, it goes back to, you know, they publicly put in their financial reports, how many downloads they're getting a year or quarter. Right. You know, they've got about 40,000 shows that are not 40,000, 18, about 30,000 shows that have 10 or more episodes. And if you add four episodes up to 51, they're at 30, 36,000 shows that have four or more episodes. So you can almost uh, say the same thing. Libsyn's 50, 60 million minimum downloads per month. And I think it's more. Right. So I, and I just look at the math and I look at the, and again, I'm just, these numbers, at least that's how I looked at them. Did you have a different perspective when you looked at this? I just look at, okay, how much money are they, can they make? Right. <laughs> how much money do they have? How long is their burn rate? When do they need more right. money? Right. That's and, what. Well, I mean, Todd, I think your point is, is that their, their model is only half complete. Um, and that's, that's why you can't really build an entire business off of the advertising model is because it's not enough to do what you need to do. I mean, they I think to- our, our platforms are built on a more comprehensive uh, business model, right? Um, and, there's and, the hosting side and then there's the advertising side. And, and I uh, applaud them for trying to do this model, right. you right. know, but it's, and they're you know, not, it, and, and I'm not going to call it may it. not work. It, it may not work. That's the thing. Also, Todd, I wanted to mention too. We we kind of just glossed over the fact that uh, that FeedBurner was listed in there, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and we need to clarify that that there's something very significantly different by by looking at FeedBurner like that. They're uh, not a hosting company. They're just a correct. And just yeah, like so, us, we have Podcast Mirror, and it could be anybody's feed from any service. Right. So what you're seeing in those FeedBurner numbers <laughs> is actually. Other shows and feeds that are from the other hosting platforms. Right, right. They're from somebody. And Daniel right. only looked at feeds. He didn't look at enclosures at all. Right. So these numbers will shift because there could be, on the feed burner feeds, there could be uh, Libsyn, Podbean, there could be Buzzsprout, Simplecast, Acast, Art19. It could, everybody could have shows right. listed on feed burner. Absolutely. Right. right. So all, all those other numbers of these other ho- primary hosting platforms would go up if we actually were they able to, yeah. to parse out um, those feed burner numbers. Yeah. And I don't even think he looked at podcast mirror either. And I, I don't know. I don't know what our total numbers are, but I haven't even tracked it. It's probably a thousand or something like that over at podcast mirror. So uh, yeah. again, I'm just guessing to be honest with you. Um, so, but I think if you look at these, this report from Daniel, and the two companies that have the highest failure rate of shows by far is definitely SoundCloud and Anchor. But it's also because I think it's because of the free offering, easy to get in, try, see if they like it. 
you know, do an well, experiment. SoundCloud's not free. I mean, SoundCloud's well, they have not a free. they have a free layer. Free, free layer. Yeah, yeah, free right. layer. But it doesn't doesn't support many episodes. It's kind of no, like us no. with our our free plan. It's only up it's only up to five hours of content. Which, right. Yeah, and I think they, I think SoundCloud doesn't take you very far. I think SoundCloud yeah. does fifteen free hours or something like that. Right. It doesn't take you very far before you got to upgrade. Yeah. yeah. So you know, and so the and I'm just and from a my perspective, <clears throat> the, the disruptors. They're going to do what they're going to do. It's good. It's, it's a product that some people are going to want to use. Right. And I'm just glad I'm not in the position they are with the revenue. Right. And maybe they've got five things up their sleeve. <clears throat> you know, they're going to come out with five things. They're going to set us back in a chair and we're all going to be saying, oh, sh-. <laughs> well, Todd, you know. they've got the typical startup uh, model. Oh, of course. Yeah, right. So th- I don't know that they're entirely that worried about revenue at this point. Well, they're not. But right. if if I'm but I also understand burn rate. <laughs> you know. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, that is a factor. You know, yeah, if right. if I lost all my customers today, how long can I stay in business? <laughs> you know, before right. I have to pull the plug, you know, and in internally at Raw Voice, I build a lot of safety into right. our company to say, okay, I want this much in the bank at all times. <laughs> You know, well, and you I, have to ask yourself. I mean, a, a company. I've worked for venture-funded startups too. That uh, unfortunately, the customer is the VC investor. Right. That's that. That's the. That's what everybody needs to realize when they're looking at a company like that. Is that uh, you're you're a product that's being sold to the venture investor. <laughs> yeah. Um. And and where you look at our platforms, you know, yours and 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 mine's Todd, and and you truly are a customer to us. Yeah. Right. I think that's, that's the, the, the bigger difference, I think. So Greg was asking, do these figures square with industry wide ad rev estimates? Um, I think what you're seeing, Greg, is a lot of the big companies, the mid rolls and stuff and NPR are getting the majority of the ad revenue, you know? Yeah. You, so that is true. That is true. And um, so the rest of it is trickled down to the rest of us. <laughs> <clears throat> right. There is a, a little bit of a stratification going on right now around these uh, content in the medium. Um, you get the big players like Wondery and, and NPR and those that are kind of taking a bigger chunk of the advertising business. Yeah. Um, then, then the indies. And that's one of the, or of course, the line between what's indie and what's not indie is is definitely blurring. Yeah, I you know how do you really? I had this conversation with a couple of people this past week too because they keep talking about oh yeah the big media companies they're not really podcasting they're they're you know it, podcasting is about indies right and and I I just don't know that you can you can draw that line as cleanly as possible is. Is Gimlet Media, are they big media now or are they independent podcasters? Mm-hmm. I mean, I my thought on it is that Gimlet is independent podcasters. Um, you know, they're not owned by some major media corporation. Um, and, and why that really matters is open for debate. I mean, why do we care um, of a distinction between a, a podcast that's produced by a big media company or a podcast that's produced by a startup. 
or or an individual like you and me, Todd. What you know? What is that distinction, and why is that distinction important? Uh, I don't think it's important to the listener. No. Yeah. Right. There was one other thing that I wanted to talk about, and it was an average. Let's see if I can find it. It was an average of. Where did I put it? Average. Okay, so okay, so here's okay, so and again, we just looked at what was he only looked at what was in the feeds, so this can right. be a little. You have to take it for what it's worth because I could have my you know I've got thirteen hundred and thirty one episodes on my main show, but I've only got thirty one or, or thirty or so episodes in my feed, and that's what Apple sees. Okay, so this is. We have to be careful here and, and make sure everyone understands the disclaimer. Um, and, you know, if you're using PowerPress, you know, we defaulted to 10. So, you know, we're going to change that. But every service is different. And what, what, what do you default your number in your feed to at Spreaker, Rob? Um, do you remember what you set? When someone sets up an account, what the default number of episodes are in a feed? Is it 40, 10, 20, 50? Oh, 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 on, on average? You yeah. Mean? No, when, when you just, someone signs up for a new account at Spreaker and sets it up and says, in, the, in their new and they've set everything up, you set the default number of episodes that are in the feed, right? Well, uh, I don't believe that we, we control that, no. So you I, allow it to grow to 300? If it's, it's up to the podcaster to control that. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, if you if you look at this from a, from that perspective and understand that there's a lot of variables here, and this was just a a quick look, a quick look. Right. SoundCloud had two million episodes um, in Apple Podcasts, an average of twenty four point five episodes per show. Libsyn had one point nine million episodes with an average right. of forty eight episodes per show. In Apple right. Podcasts, Podbean had 789,000 with an average of 27.9, but this could be affected. Podbean may only limit their feed to 10. You don't know. Okay. So let's right. just, I'm being careful here. Right. Um, Anchor had 631,000 episodes with an average of 8.8 .8 episodes per show. Spreaker had 613,000 with an average of 40. So you, if you guys don't limit it and it will scale right. up to 300, then it's a pretty good number but if you put power press in there it could be right. as low as the anchor number because we Limited. default it to 10 in the default settings right i i think it's more of an indication of uh the the how long the podcast platform has been around oh that's right that's probably true too that's that plays into it right because numbers are going to go up with you know longer you hit, oh, but i think also if you're, you know, most podcasters want today, they want all their episodes, as many episodes as their audience can get to. Um, right. And they put 300 as the default. I, I, you know, I don't because, you know, my, my show's dead in eight, seven days. Well, it's the type of content you're producing. It's, it's right. newsy kind of content, yeah. right? Yeah. But if you're producing evergreen content, uh, ideally you would want all of them there, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, especially if you're moving into trying to support 
dynamic ad insertion across all your archives. Why would you not want everything there? Yeah, well, you know? my, you're not going to put stuff in my show that's five years old and get a single right. a download out of it. Right, right, right. <laughs> but but shows, you know, other types of content, uh, that's probably okay. Yeah. But, you know, I think that there is some artificial limitations in the medium Yep. You know, that are limiting that ability to have a complete catalog. Yeah. So I, I want to share with you guys something that uh, we introduced. Let's see full list. Okay, so um, we introduced the um, what's the group that does DMA mapping um, DMA areas? You know about DMA areas, uh, Rob? It's uh, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so, I can't I can't remember either. So, right so now. in the United okay. States, there's yeah. 221 defined metro areas. So, for example, San Francisco, New York, Philadelphia, Los Angeles, Charlotte, North Carolina, Lansing, Michigan, Baltimore, Maryland, Tampa, Florida, Bozy, Idaho, Grand Rapids. So they're all areas. Well, we introduced Metro DMA mapping to all our podcasters last week. Uh-huh. And I know where my number one city is. San Francisco. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so it's, it is interesting. This is really cool yeah. because it's, it, it, and, you know, and it'll be curious to see how this plays out over time. But on my last episode, um, San Francisco, New York, Chicago, Spokane, Los Angeles, Washington, C, Columbus, Seattle, Denver, Dallas, Boston, Atlanta, Spokane? Philly. Spokane, is that what you just said? Sp- Spokane? Spokane, yep. Yeah. Boston, Atlanta, Philly, Las Vegas, That's Cleveland, Honolulu. <laughs> I can now tell how many people listen to my show in these specific metro areas. So yeah. I thought to myself, okay, so how many people are listening in the Detroit area? So I'm looking down through the list and I'm like, oh, not that many. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't make sense to have a meeting in, in, in uh, or have a meetup in Detroit. It also doesn't make sense for me to have anyone in Fargo Valley City, North Dakota, because I've got one listener in that, that DMA. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> but if I go to San Francisco, it might be a good idea to have a meetup. There's enough listeners in San Francisco right. where I could have a meetup. So I can actually now target uh, my meetups based upon this uh, DMA. But it also shows to me that targeted advertising, I can now see when someone calls me and says, well, how many people you got listening in Dallas? And I can go, well, 111. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, well, Todd, I think it's safe to say that San Francisco is the heart of geekdom. Yeah, it is the heart uh, of geekdom, I guess, and, right? And and you're you're the Geek News Central podcast, but so it's I also that, population that, that centers. It's it's higher by volume on population centers. So for any of you that are on uh, Blueberry and have Blueberry Pro Stats, the U.S. Metro stuff is cool. We added uh, Germany and Mexico as well. So I'm looking at the Germany numbers. And, um, oh, let me go by an episode because I'm looking at the complete history, at least the last two years. So let me look at the last episode and drill down to Germany. I know that I've got three listeners in Bern, Germany, and two in Baden-Württemberg. In Mexico, I have no listeners. (laughs) (laughs) There's not very many geeks down there, I guess. No. In Brazil, I have one, you know, so it is kind of fun to be able to break these uh, uh, geographic areas out. But 
So we had a big demand, people asking us for hourly. Give us hourly stats. We want to see what our shows look like hourly. And to be honest with you, I really didn't know how it was going to look. And <laughs> every show that I've looked at has exactly the same hockey puck. <laughs> really? That we wow. see on day to day. It does just like this. Oh, I see. Yeah. So I see, you know, from, um, but what it really will show podcasters and what, you know, at least what I'm seeing, and I don't know if you guys have had hourly stats data or not. We're only doing it for the first. Uh, yeah. We haven't done hourly, but we do have those cities. Yeah. So yeah. we're, we're only right. doing the first seven days. And yeah. so I'm looking day one. Wow. It looks really great. And I'm looking at the, you know, the first hour, 620 people downloaded my show. Yes. And then it, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Yeah, right. It, it, you know, and then I'm looking at, uh, let me go here and look at uh, day five. Day five at 5 p.m. on day five, I had three. <laughs> so, you know, you could see where the, the slope is. On your, yeah, right. you can see where yeah. the show, we're only giving them seven days worth of hourly. But um, it is kind of fun to actually look at this. On It shows right. you how fast the podcatchers grab the show. Within... Right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine hours. I would say the ma- most of them have grabbed it. Most of them yeah. have grabbed it. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, what I told Angelo is, okay, give me the breakdown by hour. Show me the apps by hour. And he's like, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can see that being quite a, quite a project. Yeah. But it would be kind of cool, though, to be able to look at an hour and say, okay, what happened in the first hour of the show release? Was it all podcatchers? You know, and see where right. that breakdown. I think we know the answer to that already. Because, you know, within minutes of the show being downloaded, I had like 90 downloads. You know, right. within the first twenty minutes of it of the RSS feed going active, so yeah, I think it's it's a variable based on the settings of the catcher, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, how often does Apple parse your feed looking for new episodes? I I think that's an algorithm that yep. is set by you know history. And probably so, what and probably what we would see is is that um, maybe in that first hour you would see all the third party podcatchers grabbing the show and then apple coming in whenever they well that's actually not true rob because once you're smack my head mike mike's yelling at me through the microphone um when you subscribe in uh, apple podcast you subscribe to the feed you don't subscribe to apple's feed so you, you know apple right. podcast sees it immediately right yeah it's, yeah it's passed passed right. to them it's but- passed to them but it depends on how quickly their their algorithm is set to to look at the feed specifically. Right. Right. So anyway. So anyway, we're kind of excited about this U.S. Metro data. It's a uh, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Anyway, it's 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 fun, and you can see where the audience is at. It's just something we hadn't had up to this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Todd, we've gone long today. Oh yeah, we did. Holy crap! All right. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Did holy, we, holy crap, Batman. And we had people holding here throughout the show. So uh did we miss anything? Are we gonna oh, get we are we gonna get scourged we. of the earth for all the conversation? And and please understand, I'm we're not trying to bash people, we're just laying out information. <laughs> That's right. The facts, Jack. Yeah. Right well, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I mean, we were off last week and there's a lot of stuff happened last week. So yeah. it's, you can't really talk about everything in an hour and a half or an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> so everybody watch the news on Thursday, 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 yes. Thursday, the, what is that? The thir- 13th? Thank God it's uh, not Friday the 13th. It's almost Christmas, man. It's insane here. Yeah. Thursday the 13th. Everybody keep their yeah. eyes peeled. So. All right. All right, everyone, uh, Todd at Blueberry.com at Geek News is the Twitter address. If you're on Twitter, make sure you retweet the show. And uh, no matter what live platform you're on, we appreciate you being here today. We're watching the Facebook and the YouTube. At least I was watching the YouTube discussions. Um, Rob, where can they reach you? Uh, Rob at uh, VoxNest.com. We'll actually get, get directly to me or Rob at RobGreenlee.com. So, and I'm on Twitter at Rob Greenlee with two E's. Uh, so send me a, a, a tweet if you have a comment. So yeah. just everyone knows the way we're streaming the show now in these multiple locations, it's costing me about five bucks an hour to do that. So uh, there's a PayPal link in the show notes. <laughs> if you want to donate $5, you will have paid for one, one episode of streaming here on the uh on the show with the way we distribute it today. So wow. that gives you the, actually it cost me an hour and a half, seven fifty. So let's say 10 bucks. <laughs> so uh, feel free to hit that donate tab and we'll help us pay the, uh, the wowza, the wowza bill. Yeah. There you go. All right. Yeah. Thanks for being here. We'll see, I guess we're on next week. We'll see, we'll see you next Saturday. Yeah. Everyone take care. We'll see you next time. Okay. See ya. Bye-bye.